Hey guys, it's Danielle and welcome back for another week of the 40 something and interning podcast. This week we have a second career dietetic intern that I can't wait for you guys to hear her story. Um, Please welcome Carissa Embry. Hi, Carissa. Hi, Danielle. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. Thank you. We've been going back and forth for like a month and a half, so I'm excited to finally get you here. (laughs) So please introduce yourself to the audience. Well, as Danielle said, I'm Carissa Embry. I'm a second career changer. Um, I actually started out in secondary math education. I taught high school math, Um, Mm. ended up changing careers and went towards dietetics. And I'm currently a dietetic intern with Sodexo. So I'm stationed down around the Louisville, Kentucky area. It's been a good experience so far. Okay, well, I'm sure you're going to tell us all about it anyway. So um, how old are you? Where are you from? All of that good stuff. Um, I'm 29 years old. I am originally from Southern Indiana, um, about 20 miles north of Louisville, Kentucky. And I currently live just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky. So I've been an Indiana girl my whole life. Cool. So when did you become interested in nutrition and dietetics? I think that it honestly kind of started my first round in school. Whenever I first graduated high school, I went and got my bachelor's degree to teach high school math. And I played softball at a really small school. And I think that was when I first kind of was getting interested in how food could help my performance. But we didn't have any people to really like focus on that. We didn't have sports dietitians at the small school I went to. But then later, when I was actually teaching math, I was in a very rural area, and I was teaching Algebra 2 to some of my students, and while I love Algebra 2, I was looking around (laughs) my classroom, and I realized the majority of you all never are going to use this in your life. You don't need (laughs) it. I already was having a lot of issues with um, how legislators were handling stuff with public education in Indiana. Mm. So I kind of started looking for different career paths to where I could do something that I really believed in because I like the relationship aspect of teaching, but I just didn't really believe in what I was doing anymore. Um, and I kind of found dietetics and it went along with my sports background. So I was like, this seems like something that could be a good fit for me. So I started going back to school. And it's funny that you mentioned it. Like, um, I feel like a lot of second career students are feeling the same way that you are, no matter what field they're in, there's something that they really love about it. And it usually deals with relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, But whatever it is that they might be doing isn't quenching that thirst. And so good for you for, you know, changing lanes and running towards this direction. Also, I played basket softball in college. What position did you play? I was an outfielder. Um, Same, same. Although it was pretty wild because my very first game, in college again we were a really small school Mm -hmm. and so our fall season that we had was like an exhibition season it didn't count towards anything Mm -hmm. and our third baseman coached freshman volleyball at a local high school 
So she wasn't at the first game because she had to coach. So I actually played third base my very first (laughs) college game. Being used to being in the outfield, it was terrifying. And we were playing against like a really good like team. And it was not a great experience for me. But I survived and she got there to play the second game. of the double header and I was able to move back out to the outfield but yeah that infielder life like I feel like they have to have nerves of steel and I don't have it I need just a second <laughs> to yeah. be able to judge things so oh how cool okay okay see I'm already comfortable <laughs> so where did you complete your DPD program and I know your answer is going to be a bit different than others I'm interested in if you chose to go for your master's or if you decided on a second bachelor's. Um, So since I was working full time, there were actually no programs near where I lived where I could go in person. So I looked at my options for bachelor's degrees and and master's degrees, Mm -hmm. but since my first degree was in secondary math education, I had absolutely like no science background. So no matter what, I was going to have to complete an extensive amount of science classes. Mm -hmm. And I also knew that I wanted to keep my options open because public health was something I was kind of interested in as well. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go find a program to just get a second bachelor's degree. Okay. That way I could hold off and get my master's degree in anything I wanted, whether that be public health or possibly like business administration. I knew there were a lot of different career fields I could go into with dietetics at that point. So I just wanted to mm-hmm. keep my options open. Okay. So I found an online <laughs> program through the University of Northern Colorado. And um, it was either that or the University of Alabama, I think, had an online program. Mm -hmm. Yes, they do. Um, But Colorado actually gave me resources as to where I could complete all my science classes online through various different community colleges, most of them being online through like Kansas's community college network of all places. Okay. So since they kind of helped give me a template of, hey, you can take these classes at these schools and they're all online. I went with Northern Northern Colorado because they did all of that work for me. Yeah, you need to make it <clears throat> work for you, you know, in your life. There are so many people that are, are looking to um, shift over and they have to work. This is real life. So How did you feel, honestly, your online um, experience probably prepped you for (laughs) the pandemic and what this internship shift has brought, but what did you think about that online um, bachelor's, completely online bachelor's experience? There were definitely some massive pros and there are definitely a lot of big cons. Um, Mm -hmm. A big pro obviously being that I could still work full time. So I went back to school during my third year of teaching. And um, it just worked out really well with the fact that I could kind of do things at my own pace. And it was also nice because some of those classes that we have to take, mm-hmm. um, that like my psychology 101 class, I feel like that's a class where 
being in person might be beneficial, but for the most part, you can learn what you need to learn just by like doing the assignments and reading your textbook. So it was nice in classes like those. I didn't feel like I was having to go to class mm -hmm. all the time. Um, but my science classes were very, very challenging because I learned best through discussion and yeah. you can't really get that very well in an online course. Mm -hmm. But they did a really good job of, at least my academic advisor did a really good job of checking in with me frequently and asking me how I was doing and suggesting like other classes that were kind of, that were nutrition adjacent that mm -hmm. weren't necessarily required for the bachelor's degree, but that could enhance my overall experience. And so that is one thing that they did a really good job of to try to make me still feel connected to the university in a way versus just some random person yeah. attending classes on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I'm I'm glad that you had <clears throat> someone there that was trying to make you feel connected and a part of the student body, even though it was uh, from a distance. That's cool. So I'm really eager to ask you this next question, just based on your experience and what your past was like. So the next question is, what did you think of the diecast process? And the reason I'm really eager to hear your response is about your own, your own unique experiences versus other students coming from being a high school math teacher. Like, how did you, how were you able to mold your experiences into DieCast to then get matched to a program? I think that having had a job full-time, like already out in the world, having had a job full-time and then going back to school really showed that I had really good time management skills. Mm -hmm. And also coming from the world of education, um, there's a lot of similarities between teaching students and counseling patients. It's mm -hmm. not exactly the same, but it's a lot of meeting people where they are, um, trying to figure out what that person's goals are to be able to then adjust whatever you're saying to them to help them reach those goals. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I was really able to expand on that. And um, during my time in my undergrad, all of my, all my friends started having babies. And so originally I went into like wanting to go to sports nutrition, mm -hmm. but then everyone with their newborns and breastfeeding and things like that really got me interested in lactation and uh, maternal and child health. So yes. I talked to that academic advisor I just mentioned and she suggested I take a couple of classes with um, this professor, Dr. Clark, who is amazing. And so I took a couple of classes with her, one of them being a breastfeeding class and one of them mm -hmm. being a maternal and child health class. And I was able to help her, me and a few other students were able to help her re-edit their lactation toolkit for campus, oh, nice. where they basically provide um, education and resources to lactating moms on campus and they also suggest ways for college campuses to make lactation more accessible to employees mm -hmm. so we were able to help edit that and that's something that I don't feel like a lot of people have experience with so 
No, you're absolutely correct that my last role, we were able to um, help organizations create breastfeeding workplace policies because a lot of the surrounding areas were um, low income and those moms wanted to breastfeed, but not to say that the organizations didn't want them to, they just never thought it through um, and didn't see the benefits of having moms breastfeeding their, their kids as far as like using less sick time and having a happier, you know, staff member. So that's an awesome experience. I mean, it's, what did you learn from that? I learned so much. I learned a lot of the laws that we do have in place to help protect mm -hmm. moms and breastfeeding rights. I also learned some of the loopholes that yeah. don't necessarily exist. And um, I learned a lot of really good practical ways for college campuses to promote lactation and breastfeeding and how it can actually support the overall culture of their campus. So things like providing childcare on campus, because mm -hmm. even that, not only does it benefit employees, but it benefits students as well. And um, then you can look at your early childhood majors, then they yep. can take part in the um, watching of the kids at like the nursery or childcare centers. And so it provides good experiences for them to put on job applications. And it really just helps benefit everyone um, so that was like a really cool thing to see, oh, we can implement these things and it really benefits a multitude of people. We're constantly talking about how, oh, well, stuff's too expensive, this, this and that costs money. But when you really look at the benefits of it and how you can like limit the costs by using, getting creative with the resources you already have. Um, and that's what kind of got me starting to think that maybe public policy might be something I'd be interested <laughs> in, was working on that toolkit. See, good for you. That's awesome. That ended up being a win-win for everyone. So how many DIs did you apply to and what was your thought process behind your applications? Like, were you looking at excuse me, traditional programs, distance programs? What were you thinking? I only applied to two and the way I kind of narrowed it down was again I didn't want an internship that had a master's of nutrition and dietetics with it because I kind of want to keep my master's degree open to now public health and public administration for sure so I didn't want to get a master's degree that felt like I didn't necessarily need um, and then I kind of live in an area where there's no dietetic internships that are very close to me. The closest okay. one is an hour and a half away in Lexington, Kentucky. But I went ahead and applied to that one. And then I also applied to Sodexo, which is a distance internship. But the benefit of that distance internship is that Sodexo places you for your clinical and long-term, or no, your clinical and your food service management. Okay. So and then your community, your concentration, whatever you want that to be in your long-term care, you yourself secure those preceptors, but you don't have to secure them until after you've already matched, okay. which most distance internships, from what I saw, you had to secure everything before you got matched. And that just seemed way too daunting to me and very intimidating. So that's why I chose those two. There's no master's degree requirement. One was somewhat close and the other one was a distance one, but 
I didn't have to really stress about finding everything and arranging it before I applied. Yeah, good. So who did you end up matching with? The Dexo, and it's been a really good experience so far. Nice. Okay, so tell me what your internship roadmap looks like. Like, where are your rotations and what are you doing? Um, I started out in clinical, which was at a hospital, unfortunately, in Lexington, Kentucky. So I still had to drive an hour and a half away. Um, mm. Originally, I was we were hoping I could do my rotations at um, one of the hospitals in Louisville, Kentucky, which is only like 15 minutes away. But mm -hmm. them and Sodexo, something happened with their contract and it no longer exists. So uh -huh. it's unfortunate, but so I drove an hour and a half to Lexington every day for clinical. Um, then I'm going to do my concentration in pediatrics at oh, University nice. of Louisville Hospital. They have a neonatal intensive care unit there that I've actually been able to work at the past two years as a formula technician. Awesome. So I'll be able to intern with the dietitian I've worked with the past two years. So that's nice. I'm really looking yeah. forward to that. And then my long-term care, I'm still working on securing, but my community rotation, I'm dividing it up somewhat. Part of it is going to be at the Brown Cancer Center in Louisville, Kentucky, working with outpatient cancer patients. Okay. And then I'm also a part of the Indiana Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics um, Public Advocacy Committee. And I'm also part of the National Nutrition and Dietetics um, Maternal and Child Health Affinity Group. So all of those meetings that I go to count towards my community hours as well. Oh, nice. And then my food service management will be back at the hospital that I did my clinical rotations in, in Lexington. Yeah, I think it's really cool. <clears throat> Again, I'm spotlighting relationships. Someone that you worked with for the last two years is, um, made it possible for you to have a concentration at the hospital it's yeah. amazing I mean without that connection who's to say you would have been able to get it you know exactly and an hour and a half every day one way for clinical how many weeks were your clinicals I'm trying to think when it started it seemed like it was so much longer than what it actually was <laughs> I think it started at the end of September and then it was supposed to go towards the end of December but I already kind of have a history of anxiety. And as you know, the clinical, just the internship in general is rough, but clinical is pretty intense. Mm -hmm. um, so my anxiety just got really, really bad towards around the time I was doing staff relief. Okay. And um, I talked to my director and my preceptor both about possibly quitting because I just didn't think that I was like cut out for the job basically. But my preceptor, <laughs> she was very blindsided by it because I hadn't really been voicing my concerns. Mm -hmm. And she was like, no, you've been doing like a really good job. Like you shouldn't quit. No, like you're doing great. Like you're performing just the same and even better than some of the interns we've had in the past, like, you're fine, calm down, like, what can I do to help you? And then my director just suggested that I take some time off and talk to someone about maybe getting on some medications or starting therapy. 
Mm -hmm. So I've been on my leave of absence now for mm, probably close to two months now. And I'm supposed to start on my peds rotation next week. Okay. Um, so my clinical driving an hour and a half every day there and then an hour and a half back, I think it just made the anxiety a little bit worse because I was just yeah. dwelling on, they weren't even really mistakes. It would be like, a, that tube feeding was good. But if you switch to this one, we don't have to add any like protein X to the diet mm -hmm. order. And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. okay, that's an easy fix. I would just dwell on it. Um, yeah, but so yeah, the hour and a half situation wasn't great, but um, I'm able to finish my clinical hours in the NICU before I technically start my PEDS rotation. So I'll actually mm -hmm. be in the NICU for two months, which okay. is really nice and kind of unheard of and then my going back to food service management for an hour and a half but well not an hour and a half but the hour and a half drive to food service management for yeah. six or seven weeks but at least the sun will be up the whole time then it'll be like may <laughs> i know that life so should be better <laughs> yeah so how are you feeling though like did you were you able to implement um, any type of self-care or, you know, just relief or um, meditation, anything that offered you any relief as far as like the, the challenges of the intern and life? Um, honestly, having the support system at home that I do did help a lot. Um, I have a very supportive husband. He has been there for me through the whole process of going back to school and mm -hmm. starting my internship and my parents have been extremely supportive as well um it was just something that I think I probably should have been medicated and in therapy for a long time well before the internship so mm -hmm. I hate that it escalated as badly as it did but yeah just having finding your people and that good support system and Honestly, if, if any of you listeners are getting ready to go into your internship and you already have maybe some like imposter syndrome brewing inside of you, it's probably a good time to go ahead and start talking to someone like a professional about it now, just so you kind of get ahead of it. Um, I wish I hadn't waited as long as I did, but it's worked out fairly well for me, fortunately. Yeah, you know, I don't think that it was <clears throat> solely the internship that you know brought it on I'm, I'm, I think all of us that are interning right now are dealing with this extra layer of, of a pandemic that other oh, interns yeah. never had to deal with it's it's a lot you know there's been a lot of changes in ways you would have managed yourself or stresses before may not be as available as it was before you know and you're doing a transition from education into a different career and, and all of those things bring like weight to your shoulders I think you're doing awesome and to even step up and say like I'm having an issue with this and looking for some assistance and extra support with it was really big on your part so I'm glad you're feeling better thank you me too or just we'll see what happens when my internship starts again next week but I definitely think now that winter itself is mostly over I think that'll help some too my husband and I are really big on like hiking and being outdoors. It's mm -hmm. just, it gets difficult whenever, you know, you drive an hour and a half home and by the time you get home, it's already dark outside. 
so yeah. you can't go for a nice evening stroll <laughs> yeah no you're not you're not wrong I definitely understand that I'm I'm a sun baby and a water baby so this cold weather and dark skies doesn't help me either so I mean you definitely experienced a number of challenges um what has surprised you about the internship process? Honestly, how much I actually enjoyed clinical. I kind of expected to enjoy like ICU a mm-hmm. decent amount because there's a lot of math involved in that. And, you know, me being a previous math teacher, I'm all about calculating tube feeds and stuff like that. But I was really nervous about how I was going to handle really talking with patients on like med surge floors and things like that and granted there are times where it gets very repetitive because you're asking patients the same questions over and over again like how much do you eat at home do you like drink you know insure boost at home which flavor is your favorite you know Mm -hmm. um but then because I really like the relationship aspect of everything I all the professions I've had but some of those med surge patients, you have them for a few weeks, so you kind of get to know them a little bit better. Yeah. And I was actually really surprised at how much I really liked bonding with some of them. And then when they finally got discharged, like I was happy that they were gone. But at the same time, I'm like, well, that was like the highlight of my day when I got to talk to <laughs> Mr. So-and-so up on the fourth floor. Um so I really didn't think clinical is going to have a relationship aspect to it, but it it really does. Mm-hmm. That rapport building is one of my favorite parts. So um, acute care probably won't be for me. And surprisingly, the long-term care, as sad as it can be, ended up being probably my, my best experience in clinical also, because I got to see them and, you know, interact with the family and really get to know who the the patients or the residents are and it mm-hmm. felt good to my spirit like I did enjoy that yeah I'm excited to do my long-term care rotation for that reason yeah so what is your plan after the completion of your internship well so currently I also so I left teaching a few years ago, and I currently work as a formula tech at the hospital in the NICU. I'm PRN right now, but I plan to switch to full-time for about a month or two after my internship is over and study Mm -hmm. for my RD exam. So that's goal one and pass the RD exam. That's the first step. And (laughs) And then I think I'd really like to try to find a job in the clinical setting first, um, preferably pediatrics, but we'll have to just wait and see what's available, what's out there. Um, And then work for a little bit to build up some of my savings some more and then get my master's in public health and or public administration. Um, And then from there, I'm not sure if it's gonna be a continuation with clinical and then just do, and then just maybe get more involved with public policy or if it's going to be something where I completely switch gears and really just dive into that realm. Um, I just think that in order for our country to, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I would love to change, but Mm -hmm. I think that things that we could focus on the most that would have 
some of the biggest impact is really maternal and child health. Because if we have healthy children and healthy moms, I think that really can just impact our whole society as a whole. So like, I really want to advocate for better lactation because lactation consultants are hard to come by. Like they're yeah. expensive. Everyone should have access to those. Um, better paid parental leave for both mm-hmm. mom and dad. So yeah, I don't know if I want to stay in clinical or go that route, but I'm trying to keep an open mind. Yeah. And I mean, you have, you will have options and you, who's to say you can't do both, you know? Exactly. You create what you want. So that's awesome. So in that sense, how do you want to shake up nutrition and dietetics? I think the big thing is not necessarily nutrition and dietetics, but really again with society, just really trying mm-hmm. to how beneficial some of these like government programs like WIC and SNAP can really be for families, especially children. Um, I'd really like to kind of shake up the political sphere and really make sure that we are giving as much funding as possible, both with the government and even nonprofit organizations for better child nutrition programs. Yeah, it's important. It really is. And um, I'm looking really strongly at focusing on the preconception portion of maternal and child health. Mm-hmm. Um, I think addressing or trying to address some concerns or issues prior to conception can also help with the health of the babies and, oh, and the moms. So yeah, that maternal and child health umbrella, there's so much that you can do. That's awesome. So a couple of questions, like my last questions, <clears throat> and you've come with a lot of good advice, but I'm going to ask you for three. What advice or tips, three of them, would you give to dietetic students and interns that are following in your journey? I think the biggest one, the biggest like tip or piece of advice I'd have is kind of what I mentioned earlier, seeking help as soon as you think you might need it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mental health is so important and we all know about imposter syndrome And as you mentioned, anxiety with the pandemic has definitely heightened, I think, a lot of these issues that people are having. So really trying to be proactive when it comes to your mental health is extremely important. That'd be my first tip. Okay. My second one would be to celebrate your small wins. Um, I like that. I think that so often us going into this profession, I think a lot of people are perfectionists. So we see all the things we do wrong or not quite as good. And it's important to know that there's room for growth, but it's also really important to see your victories too. So Mm -hmm. um, just whatever that looks like to you, if that means treating yourself out to a nice dinner or treating yourself to maybe you're someone that has kids maybe that's like treating yourself to maybe an hour of we love children but an hour free of kid time (laughs) to be able to just sit down and like read a book or study in silence but really celebrate those small wins Um, maybe a doctor said like gave you a compliment during grounds one day Maybe your preceptor said that your note was really good that day. Like really take in all the things you're doing well. Yeah. And then the third thing 
I would do is to really make sure you don't lose yourself in the process, like in the internship process. Mm -hmm. So many of us are bombarded with internship hours and seeking out special opportunities to make you stand out on like future resumes. And I think that nutrition interests a lot of us. So we're always listening to nutrition podcasts and reading nutrition books. And there's nothing wrong with that, but really find stuff outside of that world to help ground you a little bit too. That way you don't feel like you're constantly studying, if that makes sense. It kind of gives yourself a break a little bit. Um, So if that means watching, like having a Harry Potter movie marathon or, um, you know, having a nice bath, going on a hike, doing something outside of like the nutrition world for a little bit every, for a little bit every week, I think will be very beneficial as well. I agree with that. That, that you time is so important. Um, the last couple of weeks from been pretty mentally and physically challenging. And I know it could like, you could really feel like you're hitting a wall. And so making sure that you take that to breathe and give yourself grace. Grace is like the word for internships as far as I'm concerned. Because yeah, there's a lot of um, perfectionists in our field and I think that could be awesome but it could also be pretty hurtful so is everything nice Carissa so of course I have to give you the mic to end off the podcast but is there anything that I haven't asked you or anything that you would like to share or highlight with the 40 something and interning audience um, that I may not have brought up um I don't think so just if you're, whether you're a student or an intern, just make sure to really keep an open mind and don't be afraid to chase after things that you're interested in. And if you have questions from what I've experienced, most people are willing to answer them for you. Um, If you're interested in public policy, reach out to your like local nutrition and dietetics people they probably will be more than happy to educate you on it. If you're interested in sports dietitian, reach out to one. They're probably more than likely very happy to talk to you about it. Um, Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to reach out to people. Okay, Carissa, thank you so much for coming on the show today. If anyone wants to reach you to ask you any of the questions or talk to you about your experience, can you please share ways that they can contact you on social media or otherwise? Um, they are more than welcome to email me at carissaembry at gmail.com. Um, and then I also have an Instagram account. It's not very nutrition and dietetics related. <laughs> um, I don't post a whole lot on there, mostly just kind of whatever I feel like needs to be talked about in the political realm but okay. that instagram account is carried on so c-a-r-i-d-a-w-n but um okay. yeah feel free to reach out to either one of those platforms if you have questions about anything that we talked about today nice and i'm gonna list those um the email addresses where as well as the um your ig information in the show notes So thank you again, Carissa, for coming on and sharing your experience 
um, with the audience and with myself. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Have a wonderful week. Thank you.